to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Wednesday, June the 2nd, and the eight-game featured slate kicking off past 7 p.m. Eastern time. We will also touch on some afternoon baseball, specifically when we are talking about prize picks. And if you guys don't know about prize picks, you should know. Head on over to prizepicks.com, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code MMNMLB and have that deposit matched up to $100. It's really simple stuff. It's really fun stuff. Any sport you could possibly imagine, and you just have to pick an over or an under on a fantasy point prop or a single stat prop. We're going to focus on some fantasy point props for Wednesday afternoon slate, starting with a game between the White Sox and Cleveland. What you have to know about this game first and foremost is Eli Morgan was supposed to make his second career start in this contest after being demolished by the Blue Jays last week. He will now not start. The It seems like Cleveland is going to go with essentially a bullpen game, um, which, considering how good their bullpen is, not the worst idea in the world, but again, bullpens are designed to go four innings, not nine. So this seems like a pretty good spot, at least early, if things go to plan for the White Sox to put up some runs. So, I like Yoan Mankata to go over six and a half fantasy points in this contest against Cleveland. One, he's a switch hitter, so regardless of which reliever he is finding himself up against, he's going to be in a pretty good spot. All of his power, as has been the case throughout his career, has come as a left-handed hitter, but he has a 132 WRC plus as a right-handed hitter so far in 2021. Uh, He's actually, just in general, got a 148 WRC plus for the season as a whole and a 396 expected WOBA, which is a little bit higher than his actual WOBA. So he's been hitting the ball really, really well as of late, hitting in the top third of that White Sox lineup. Definitely going to get four plate appearances in this game. Might get a fifth plate appearance, depending on how things shake out. But I just think this number isn't high enough considering the circumstances surrounding Cleveland's pitching situation in this contest. So I like over six and a half for Yoan Moncada. Another afternoon game. This one taking place in Arizona. We have got Eduardo Escobar and the Diamondbacks going up against the Mets. David Peterson and his 5.48 expected ERA is starting this game for the Mets. And right now, Eduardo Escobar, another switch hitter, uh, strangely enough. Uh, But he is someone who you definitely want to get in a situation where he is batting right-handed. His numbers, lefty versus righty, are staggering so far this season. He's got a 138 WRC plus as a right-handed hitter going up against left-handed pitching. His WOBA is almost 70 points higher as a right-handed batter as opposed to when he's batting left-handed. So you want him going up against a lefty, and if that lefty is of the caliber or lack of caliber of David Peterson, that's a pretty good situation for Eduardo Escobar. So I like him to also go over his fantasy point prop of six and a half. So Escobar over six and a half and Moncada over six and a half against Cleveland. All right, let us get to that eight-game featured slate. It is a strange one to be sure. Uh, Not a lot of great pitching 
Just going to say that off the hop. This is going to be a slate where you are looking around and you are maybe experimenting with some pitchers you normally wouldn't. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Walker Bueller. Uh, is the most expensive pitcher on this slate. He is $10,600 going up against the Cardinals, and he's a pretty good microcosm of what I'm talking about. Is there anything wrong with Walker Bueller? No, he's having a pretty good season, but he's only averaging about 21 DraftKings points per game, which already, at a salary point well above $10,000, that's not great value. And the Cardinals aren't exactly a team that you're lining up to stack against. Their numbers are pretty pedestrian when it comes to their just overall offensive footprint. However, they've only got a 19, uh, 19% strikeout rate so far this season. That is the fourth lowest mark in all of baseball. So they're not a team that you really use a pitcher against expecting him to hit his ceiling. That's not quite their thing. And then Pablo Lopez is right under Bueller at $10,000. Nothing against Pablo Lopez. He's having an all right season. Um, but this is the same thing that happened with his teammate, Sandy Alcantara, where, I mean, on Tuesday, Alcantara was the second most expensive pitcher on the board. He was more expensive than Tyler Glasnow, and it just didn't make any sense. He's going into Buffalo, Salem Field, facing a Blue Jays team that not only has hit well historically in Buffalo, but one that had the highest WRC plus and slugging percentage in the month of May. The Jays just aren't a team you want to use a pitcher against right now, especially one that's $10,000 and has had some big issues pitching on the road so far this season. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I don't want to use either of those guys. I guess if I had to pick between the two, Walker Bueller would be the more tantalizing option. I think where we get into actual viability is the third most expensive pitcher on this slate, and it's Sean Manaya who comes in at $9,600. He's taking on the Seattle Mariners, so right away, you can check that box in terms of a good matchup. Uh, the no-hit Mariners, always a gift when it comes to DFS slates. Uh, Manaya for the season, 60 and two-thirds innings pitched. 3.32 FIP. He's striking out over a batter per inning. Uh, that strikeout rate is hovering around 24-25%, so not elite, but slightly above average. Uh, and this has been a pretty good strikeout season in terms of Manaya's career. Um, someone who came into the league we thought was going to be a huge strikeout pitcher, but hasn't really produced in that capacity so far in his half decade in the majors. Um, Manaya had a bit of a rough patch in the middle of May. Uh, consecutive starts, he gave up at least 10 opponent hits. However, his last two starts, both of which have been against the Angels, he's got a 2.26 FIP and a 29.2% strikeout rate. Seattle also has just a 268 WOBA against left-handed pitching entering play on Tuesday. That is the second lowest mark in all of baseball. So, Manaya, generally speaking, at $9,600, probably not my cup of tea, but on this slate... I do think he's far and away the pitcher with the highest floor and the guy who presents the most ceiling, thanks primarily to his matchup against Seattle. After Manaya, you kind of have to go down all the way to Alec Manoa to find someone who you're actually interested in. And it's kind of funny to say that when you're talking about someone who has six career major league innings under his belt, but they were an impressive six innings against the New York Yankees. Last Thursday, a lot of people watched that Alec Manoa start, and it was very, very nice. He's $8,200 going up against the Marlins. The Marlins have struggled to score runs all season long. They have one of the higher strikeout rates in all of baseball, so they're just a team that you love 
picking on when it comes to DFS. Uh, Manoa had a 31.8% strikeout rate in that game against the Yankees. He was also crucially using his changeup, I think, a lot more than people were initially giving him credit for. Uh, He mixed in that pitch quite a bit, and that makes him an actual three-pitch pitcher, and there's a huge difference in the majors between two-pitch pitcher and three-pitch pitcher. And that changeup looked really effective to both left-handed batters and right-handed batters. So uh, I think that's a big key for Manoa. Miami, a 121 isolated power against right-handed pitching coming into Tuesday's slate. That was the second worst mark in all of baseball. So it, it seems strange to say that Manoa might be the most popular or among the most popular pitchers on Wednesday's slate, considering he's got no track record whatsoever. But I do truly think that's going to be the case because of uh, this game being in Buffalo, the win expectancy, and also the fact the Marlins' offense has been pretty hapless so far this season. So I like him a lot. You're probably going to have to eat some chalk. A little weird with a rookie pitcher. C'est la vie. Uh, Framber Valdez is another kind of interesting name. I think the next two guys we're going to talk about, Framber Valdez and Shane McClanahan, they are really symbolic of, of what this slate is and what this slate lacks. Generally speaking, in a vacuum, both of those two pitchers are very good pitchers, and to get them below $8,000 would be pretty welcome. However, Valdez, not only does he have to face the Red Sox, uh, one of the best offenses in baseball, and a team that does not strike out against left-handed pitching. Uh, They've got just a 19.3% strikeout rate against lefties so far this season, one of the lowest marks in all of baseball. So already not a great sign. And then this is only Valdez's second start since coming off the IL. He only threw 72 pitches in that first start, went four innings against San Diego. Maybe he goes 85, 80? Um, it's a long season, and I'm sure they're going to be pretty safe with him. Tough matchup. Does he get through five even? Does he have a chance to pick up the win? It's just hard. Even at $7,800, it's hard to see the ceiling with Valdez, despite the fact that we know he is someone who is a dude when he's actually at full strength and fully stretched out. So I think you kind of have to pass, considering the circumstances. And McClanahan, I'm more interested in. One, because he's slightly cheaper, and two, because he has a slightly longer leash. But even that... He's maxed out at 80 pitches so far this season. He's only worked five and a third innings. That was the longest start he's put together in his time in the majors. And that's really the book on the Tampa Bay Rays organization and Kevin Cash. They're always going to lean towards handing the ball over to their bullpen as opposed to having some of these guys face a lineup the third time through. So it's a tough spot to get too excited about McClanahan. However... He does have a 3.09 expected ERA. He does have a 29.6% strikeout rate. And the Yankees haven't been able to hit anything as of late. Even in their game against Tampa on Tuesday, uh, one of the Yankees' runs was scored because there was a walk with the bases loaded, and another one was scored because there was a wild pitch with the bases loaded. They have just not been able to string hits together. Giancarlo Stanton should be back in the lineup for this one. He's crushed left-handed pitching so far uh, this season and throughout his career, so that obviously helps matters. But I have very little faith in the Yankees right now, and I do like McClanahan. $7,600, if I can get five innings, six or seven strikeouts, I think it'll be worth it. But again, it says something about the amount of pitching on this slate, specifically the lack thereof, that I even have to like kind of wrap my mind around using Shane McClanahan and only getting five innings. I mean, Manaya, Manoa, 
and some question marks. That's kind of what we're dealing with here. Okay, let's get into some stacks. Um, obviously, if you want to stack the Colorado game, be my guest. If you have the money to do so, you're more than welcome. Uh, Senzatella, Lyles, some pretty bad pitchers in that game. Uh, should note, though, Texas, um, their offense was pretty cheap on Tuesday's slate, and now Adolis Garcia, who was $4,200 on Tuesday, is $5,000 on Wednesday. So you're buying window to get the Texas Rangers in Colorado at a moderate price has closed. Both sides, uber expensive. So let's try to find some more uh, cost-effective stacks. Uh, One team I do like, the Washington Nationals, going up against Drew Smiley. We've picked on Smiley a lot so far this season. 2.76 home runs per nine, a 6.43 FIP. Washington sneaky good against left-handed pitching. They are top 10 in WOBA and WRC Plus against lefties so far this season. Uh, you've got Trey Turner, who's got a 207 WRC Plus within the split. He's 5,500, so pretty expensive, but justifiably so. Juan Soto, 4.9. I wouldn't worry too much about the left-on-left stuff. I don't think um, that you're probably going to see all that deep a start from Drew Smiley. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman probably gets a start in this game. He's got a WRC plus of over 160 against left-handed pitching. Took a lefty deep on Tuesday. He's 4,600. And then Josh Harrison's $3,000. He's got a 156 WRC plus entering play on Tuesday against lefties. So another very cheap middle-of-the-order bat you can turn to for the Nationals. I also like Minnesota. I feel like... I talk about Minnesota probably too much on these videos considering how bad they've been so far this season, but Baltimore is in a really interesting spot on Wednesday. They're essentially out of starting pitching. So what they're going to do is have Matt Harvey start on short rest, which already, bad sign, bad news, great news for the Minnesota Twins and their offensive pieces. Uh, But you got Matt Harvey, who's going to be on a pitch count, starting on short rest, And then they're going to have to turn to a bullpen that entering play on Tuesday across the last two weeks had a 7.95 ERA, the highest mark by far in baseball. This is a bad spot for the Orioles. They're going to bleed runs to the Twins. You don't have to get too cute. I mean, depending how the lineup shakes out, maybe you find someone hitting fifth or sixth relatively cheap. But the big guys aren't even that expensive. Jorge Polanco has been batting uh, lead off against right-handed pitching. He's 4-9. Uh, Nelson Cruz is 4-6. Kirilov's 4-5. Donaldson's 4-3. I think you can use a lot of these Twins bats. Again, if you need some super value, you'll probably be able to find it in the second half of this lineup. Maybe Miguel Sano, uh, someone of that nature. But uh, it's not super expensive to even stack the top four hitters in this lineup, and I think I'll want to do that against Matt Harvey and company on Wednesday. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about some best bets over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The first one I want to talk about is Alec Manoa, again, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, The money line for the Blue Jays at home, quote-unquote, is minus 155. Pablo Lopez, I, I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, his splits between home and road are astounding. Uh, At home, at Marlins Park, or whatever the heck they're calling that park now, Lone Depot or whatever, .98 ERA in a .225 opponent WOBA. On the road, 5.13 ERA in a .359 opponent WOBA. Maybe you don't buy too much into those numbers. I'm not someone who generally looks too much at home road splits for pitchers. But those are drastic differences, and it's not like he's facing the Orioles 
on Wednesday. He's facing the Blue Jays, who might just be the best offense in baseball, or at least the hottest offense in baseball right now in a ballpark that tends to favor the hitters and that the Jays have been able to take advantage of recently. So I think they score Manoa some runs. I think Alec Manoa is pretty good. I believe in the kid. Um, so I think they win this game, and I think minus 155 is a pretty good price uh, for that money line. Finally, Tampa Bay versus the Yankees. I like the under 8.5 runs. Already talked a little bit about Shane McClanahan and how good he's been so far this season. We've talked about the Yankees' struggles to do anything offensively. Uh, they've got an isolated power below 0. .09, excuse me, below 0. .090, uh, across the last two weeks. They just can't do anything with the bats right now. So I think the Yankees struggle to score some runs. And then Tampa, they get Jordan Montgomery, who I don't really love, but Tampa's been pretty weak against left-handed pitching, even with the offense explosion, offensive explosion they've had in recent weeks. Uh, they rank just 23rd in baseball with a 299 Woba against lefty pitching, and they've got a 30.8% strikeout rate within the split. So they clearly have some issues hitting left-handed pitching. And the Yankees just clearly have issues, period, right now, generating any sort of offense. So, that is what I like. Jays' money line, Yankees' raise under 8.5 runs. That is minus 118 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.